Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 252, covering Dreadnought and Deathwish with Kevin Lynch. Hi, friends. It's a good week of Voyager. It's like you said on uh, on uh, Twitter this morning. I guess Christmas came early. I, I guess. And Flonk's here because Flonk is always telling us how terrible Voyager is and he's wrong. So. Yeah, this is kind of uncomfortable for me. I liked both of these episodes a lot. What the hell, man? I actually, no. my my general assumption is when you pick an episode, you pick the you know the standout good ones, and and so obviously I figured it was the second one, and then like I watched the first one, like wait a minute, Uh-oh. which one did you pick? Because I know they're both good. I just I needed to be sure. Yeah, this was just I was just going going down the list. Oh so yeah, whatever. I'll take the Q one, and then yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, bonus, bonus got a uh, pretty solid blonde episode too. Yeah. yeah. And, like, second good blonde episode in a row. Like, we only just had the robot one, I don't know, three weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, the robot <laughs> one and really her best good friends, too. robots. <laughs> well, uh, what's her name? Higgs Boson, as I always call her now, thanks <laughs> to Matt, uh, said that um, all, so far she's, ha- she's enjoyed the episodes she's had, but either she plays against herself or against the computer or against the computer as herself. <laughs> so... Why do I get to just meet a person? No one. Yeah. Ne- never. You don't get to meet any people. Nope. The engineers don't get that. Nope. Sorry. Have you tried yelling at the ceiling? Mm, that's what we require of our engineer character. Yep. Uh, well, Matt, why don't you tell us what happened in Dreadnought? Dreadnought. Not to be confused with the book Dreadnought, which has an exclamation point at the end of it. Or the Dreadnoughts. Yes. Uh, Cobra Commander. Oh, I'm from the Topol Gang as I am. <laughs> oh, grape soda and ice cream. That's what? Dreadnoughts, right? I, I don't know. Is it? Right around the swamp in a swamp man. That's buggy. more like it. Yeah. Okay. I've got schizophrenia. What? Why all our playsets and toys? <laughs> That was the thing on the back of uh, G.I. Joe got in trouble for that because uh, the card for um, the fuck's his name? Zartan? Zartan says that he's a schizophrenic. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Whoops. I love playing with mental illness. Mm hmm. Uh, well, this is not those things. Was no, this point. is Dreadnought. Yeah. Tell us, Matt. All right. So Voyager encounters a deadly Cardassian missile headed straight for a populated planet and races to stop it. What they don't realize right away is that it's a deadly missile reprogrammed by Annie in the depths of one of her angry, I hate Cardassian, bad moods. Just her Klingon side acting up again, I suppose. She beams over to the missile and tries to deactivate it, which doesn't work very well because past Bellana knows the only reason future Bellana would ever try to not kill a bunch of filthy spoonheads is if she was being coerced. So now Annie's locked in a life-or-death struggle with her emo teen years, and everybody knows how powerful those can be. As the situation grows more dire, Kate prepares to fling Voyager into the path of the missile to stop it from destroying the planet, which is badass as fucking hell. Eventually, Annie saves the day by shooting the missile with her phaser and bantering with it until it blows up safely. Meanwhile, Paris's messy hair and surly attitude ruffles Vice Principal Chakotay's feathers. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to go to my good thing. She didn't uh, just banter with it. She kirked it to death. She did. Yeah, that was... 
That was my good thing. We have not had someone talking a computer into shutting down and, and blowing itself up for a long time. No, she spends nice. the entire episode going, I put it to you, sir. Yeah, and she succeeds. Yeah. Which which is fantastic. It's a nice return to form. Actually, Logic this whole thing dictates. felt this whole thing felt very original series to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original really... series mixed with Deep Space Nine, which yeah. you know, I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, that's fine. But a lot of the lot of the fundamental ideas of it, like like even character wise, sort of like I did something wrong and now I feel bad about it and I have to fix it kind yep. of thing. Yeah. And also like the idea of a computer sort of having your personality and and doing stuff you don't want it to do. Yeah, and no, I, I I love the idea. Of, this is actually my good thing. I love having the bad guy in this be Bolana's bad attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that person you used to be that you hate now is suddenly going to blow up a planet and you have to you have to try and argue with your oh, yeah. shitty emotions. I will I will say this and you guys probably will agree, uh, you know, as it applies to you guys. But the person I hate most of my entire life is me from, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> me from last week. <laughs> well, yeah, I was yeah, <laughs> pretty much any me that isn't right this second. Oh, dead I, journal, I Matt. You are human garbage. <laughs> so uh, that is Wait, a, dead that is journal a, was a thing i had a dead journal yeah it was like a live journal but for kids who wanted to be goth <laughs> more goth than live journal yeah all right matt you know you've given the listeners exactly as much as they need to to look in the internet archive and find it right? yeah it's not hard okay well if you hadn't said dead journal they might not have been able to find it but now it's that true. you did okay just throwing that out there i'm not gonna edit this out unless you tell me to nope that's fine okay Enjoy, everyone. <laughs> Thankfully, the internet did not coincide with my worst year, so there's there's a few things out there I wish weren't out there, but mostly not. Lucky man. Yeah. yeah. Still, the people younger than us, even. Like, everything they've done has been documented. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. Facebook isn't going anywhere, so. Yep. <laughs> Message boards that we posted on are gone, but yeah, that's, that's not going anywhere. Nope. Nope. And if it is, I'm sure people are still preserving it in some capacity. So. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you're you're right. I didn't really think of it that way. But yeah, it is totally her like angsty teen years kind of coming back at her. And that I kind of plays the... into uh to my good thing as well a little bit actually. Um, I like how they use the Maquis plot thread. Uh, it's barely part of the show anymore. And when it does show up, it's just to pit you know the different factions of the crew against each other. Uh, yeah, but like this Matt time, a couple weeks ago, yeah, yeah. But this time, it's just part of the characters. This was their lives before the show started, and now it's time to clean up some mess from the past. Yep. Yeah. No, and this is her embarrassing past as the Maquis. So really, the Maquis are awful, which is what we say. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this takes our side, which is good. Also, I like that she programmed it to basically think, well, if a Federation ship shows up to try to stop it, it's obviously some kind of Federation Cardassian alliance. Yeah, and we won't be having any of that, thank you. And that's that's exactly how the Maquis see it. Yeah, like she everyone's says everyone's our enemy. a bunch of times, this is the treaty of, well, you know, whatever, which we do, the Maquis do not recognize. Mm -hmm. Right. Which, but from their perspective, it totally would just be like, we hate both of these guys, and of course they're working together now to stop us. No, they don't care that much. No, you're not that important. No. Nope. Despite what Star Trek has tried to convince us. What, what's really <laughs> cool about your uh, uh, good thing, Matt, like in particular, is um, if you look at Memory Alpha, there's some really good quotes from, uh, and her actual name is Roxanne Biggs Dawson. I don't want to always call her Higgs Boson. Yeah. <laughs> It just—it's going to turn into one of those things where now I've forgotten what her actual name is. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't care if we always call Chakotay Chuck. I'm fine with that. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's great. But she says, like, I thought the hard part about this would be 
the physical acting and not the voiceover. And it turns out that was like she spent hours and hours like not just phoning in the voice stuff, but really thinking about what would I have been like five years ago or however long ago it was yeah. supposed to be? How would I play the character differently? How would I vocally sound different? And she put a, a whole lot of thought into making that character sound like a different person than the one she's talking to on the screen. Yeah, you'd think with that much work putting into it, she'd have uh, pronounced her name right. <laughs> there was that. <laughs> Baylana. Hello, Baylana. I, mean, I am a robot. Beep boop. Maybe, maybe. I mean, who would know how to pronounce it better than she? That You would think that, right? We've never heard her say yet? her own name before. So maybe everyone else has been saying it wrong. Mm. I don't know. I But I, I really like that she she knew that having two of her on the screen again, yeah. like this is not the first time we've done that, like had to be distinctive and had to sound like the two different people. And I think she did a good job of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. And I like that she put that much thought into it. She was really worried that it would that it wouldn't work. And sort of related to that, you know, we have the usual Cardassian uh, computer voice, like the Cardassian Majel. Yeah. That we get, like, on Deep Space Nine and everything. You know, the time is 10.30 hours or whatever. I like, was really uh, hoping it would be Ducat for, like, no reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they were going to use that voice. They had the, the lady on standby, and then they're like, but then it would sound too much, like... Yeah, like, too uh, late. Yeah, no, that's, that's a fair excuse not to... Like, two similar-sounding female voices together, <laughs> you're not going to be able to pick them apart. So, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it should have been Ducat or somebody like that. That would have been ah, great. Major. If you're hearing this, you've broken into my powerful missile. Now, if he had pronounced Belana incorrectly, that would be totally incorrect. No, it's a, well, he probably <laughs> pronounced it Belana. Right. Ah, <laughs> Lieutenant Belana. How's Chakotay? Chakotay. Yeah. <laughs> this and the ship, the warrior. <laughs> Why? Oh, wait a minute! Did Gul Dukat do that? Uh, that infamous uh, Voyager trailer? <laughs> Only way it makes sense. Doc Zimmerman, Voyager on Bajor. <laughs> now it's just French. Yep. <laughs> oh, ma, the French uh, starship. Oh, Would the you canard. like some canard? <laughs> Overflowing with that same Cardassian excellence. Oh yes. <laughs> Well, now I just want to see uh, Cardassian Orson Welles. That would be awesome. I'm okay with that. Wh- who would be a lot like an Abrantane, like the big, fat, retired yep. Cardassian. Although he would have to have those weird uh, sideburns. Oh, yeah. Because of the beard. Oh, man. Now I just want to see Cardassian uh, Orson Welles doing a documentary on the texts of Bajor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a magician. <laughs> see, I have the orb of magic here. In the fourth orb, we learned of... <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going for his whole, like, uh, magic thing. No, no, I was talking not about the, his, uh, the Nosferatu thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, the Nostradamus. No, not Nostradamus, Matt. Not no, no, yeah, that's it. Not... Although I would Very love Orson Welles' uh, Nos- uh, Nosferatu. Sorry, Flong, didn't mean to cut you off. Just... Oh, I was just trying to figure out some way to work uh, Orson Welles' ridiculous cigar into this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they, they, they don't smoke. Like, because remember, somebody smoked at some point, and they're like, oh, you smoke? Oh, we've evolved beyond smoking. Yeah, the um, Little Green Men. That was it. When the Ferengi go back in time. How do you poison your lungs? And they use nuclear weapons. What? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I really I really enjoyed Like, early on, I thought it was a bit exposition heavy. And mm. I thought, oh, you're trying to do a DS9 episode and failing. And then after the first act or so, they got all that crap out of the way. And then it was just pretty much straight action and character stuff. And I really liked it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's like you said, you had, it had a real like uh, um, original series vibe. I got a lot of uh, Doomsday Machine out of this one. 
Okay. Yeah, 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 definitely. Which, you but, know, again, my favorite episode. But more personal. Because yeah, exactly. This, this was Bellana's mess that she had to clean up instead of just some artifact they found. It's like if the Doomsday Machine was like Kirk as an asshole uh, teenager. Right. If, if, yeah, like, Doomsday Machine mixed with uh, Wrath of Khan, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, if we met... Uh, if we met his son Skippy, only he was the doomsday machine, <laughs> with a sweater tied around its maw. There's an image. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we just thinking about the, the the torpedo, the little box floating around yeah. in space with a sweater vest. <laughs> oh no, the sweater tied around his neck. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, uh, oh, right, David, yeah, yeah. David was like the tennis the, racket. Yeah. But well, mother, he's, he's not my father. <laughs> Is that Hank Hill? Yeah, yes. Always. And in the I don't fifth know what's train. <laughs> That's French champagne, I tell you what. Oh, this episode's all over the place. Uh-huh. Well, the thing is, two of the three of us have now seen Star Wars and would rather be talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's sorry. true. And the third of us, I'm sure, I'm, I don't want to speak for you, Flong, but I'm sure you're itching to see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, there's the a very distinct possibility it. that as soon as I hang up, I'm going to the movie theater. Nice. And But first, got to watch and talk about Voyager. What, what oh. delights me is that someone actually asked us if we were going to do an episode on Force Awakens, and we're like, no, it's not Star Trek, and now I kind of want to. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> There, there was the new trailer, by the way, which mm-hmm. I, I've seen Star Wars twice now, and it didn't run before either showing. That seems like a missed opportunity. It, well, right. it was supposed to. Like, yeah. In, initially, the plan was that's where you're going to see it, and then it leaked, and they ran it earlier in the week. But I thought for sure that I would see it. Right. But yeah, you know, not the case. Not the case either time. No. Very strange. Uh, I, th- I think we should table discussion of that until the supplemental, which is coming up in a few weeks, though. It's probably not a bad idea. I, if, if we mention it in passing, that's fine. But I yeah. think for sort of an extended like dissection of it, we should wait for supplemental. Yeah, I'll just, uh, since I won't be here for that, I'll, I liked it. Yeah. That's all. Fair enough. I have, looks, uh, looks uns- fun. unsurprisingly, I have complicated feelings. Mm, sure. Yeah. Shocked. I can't just like or dislike things. I got to think <laughs> about them. <laughs> Good thing you're a reviewer, then. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, bad thing, Flonk. Uh, everything fell apart on me. Hang on. Um, but up, up. All right. So, um, yeah, like I said, I liked how this was uh, cleaning up mess from her past. Um, mm-hmm. but it's just a shame that the mess is once again a mostly unrelated Alpha Quadrant thing that just happens to show up in the Delta Quadrant due to the exact same random circumstances that brought the Voyager there. I would say that Dreadnought is the Wally West of Voyager, but I would never be so mean to Wally. He suffered enough. Especially lately. Are you now? I I know that's Flash, but beyond that, are you talking about the show or? The yeah, Kid Flash comic? has the exact same origin as Grown Up Flash. Oh, I see. That's always I been guess. true, though. Like, he's Kid Flash. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, but it's you know random, random happenstance that mm. they just recreated exactly. See, I don't know. Like, yeah, this was random, except they said it was in the Badlands. Which yeah, but the, the, the reason that... the Voyager got dragged out is because they're looking for for life forms, right? Yeah, like no, I, well, I not know. just you know pulling random debris over. Like, no, I'm, why would why would the caretaker bring a missile into the? Delta no, I'm pretty sure there's a hole, just like a hole in the Badlands that the Maquis ship hit, and then Voyager hit, and then this thing hit. 
Like it's just a it's a physical thing that they all happen to to go near. God, I would love if there was a wormhole in there and like there was a, a, a war started with the Kazon that the Federation pretty quickly won. <laughs> oh yeah, that that would be that would be over in five. The Kazon starts sending over spies who are easily found because they're the Kazon. <laughs> They're just like putting on fake mustaches and yeah, yeah. they got the groucho glasses on. Yeah, look, we're we're just like the changelings. We have infiltrated the Alpha. Co- Get out of here! You don't understand, Captain. We're everywhere. No, you're not. You're over there. There's four of you, and we arrested you. Yeah, three of you are in Odo's holding cell, and now I'm taking the fourth of you down there. Shit! <laughs> uh, no, I, I just did. I you call you... mom for some bail money yet? <laughs> <laughs> Ma Kazon. Oh. Oh, I love it. I, that is the best Mere image. Mere owl exterminator. <laughs> I feel like Quark hears that there's some new strange aliens on the station, and he sneaks over to make a deal with them, sees who they are, and just keeps walking. Nope, I don't think, I don't oh, think this is oh. necessary. Somebody from the Delta Quadrant, you say? Oh, no, never mind. Oh, great. Yeah. No, I just, I didn't feel like it was that random. I felt like it was just, it happened to be, like, in the same area that they've already established the Maquis were hanging out in. Mm. And that's what happened. Yeah. So. yeah, no, I just thought that like they like the caretaker was specifically looking for people. And that's you how right. that's how they ended up over. But I might I, be misremembering. We both might be misremembering. Yeah. I have no idea. Like wasn't he specifically looking for like like people like uh uh Harry and uh Bellana? I thought so, but then I also thought he just sort of randomly put like anomalies or wormholes or whatever you want to call them just mm. all over the galaxy and hope to suck people in fucking banjo spider yeah i i have no idea like i seriously like either of us could be right or we could be (laughs) wrong who knows yeah it was not made super clear anyway but i i think the the larger point is more shit from the alpha quadrant which is still a valid criticism they they even i was reading a memory alpha they even comment on that and just they're just like we thought we did some pretty good episodes but we also did a lot of alpha quadrant stuff that we probably shouldn't have which i'm like yeah thanks well, especially since two weeks in a row, we're going to visit a very, like, arguably the most famous, char- you know, supporting character from the yeah. Alpha Quadrant. Yeah. Like, it, so two episodes in a row, they're still leaning on old stuff. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Barclay, right? Uh, of course. Yeah. The most popular secondary character in all of Star Trek. I, a uh, little spoilish for what's coming ahead, he ends up doing more Voyager than he did Next Generation. Oh, God. I knew he showed up again. I didn't think it was that much, though. Yeah. Oh, man. What did he do? Like, he did, like, five episodes of... Uh... Yeah, he was... Next gen, right? Or like four episodes uh, of the so. movie. He first showed up in season three, I think, and then he did one episode per season, yeah. right? That sounds about right. Um, he did five TNGs plus the movie, uh, and then six episodes of Voyager. Wow. So yeah, and the and movie was a glorified cameo. So I don't know. They mentioned him in that terrible uh, Enterprise episode too. Oh, oh, the the, the last one, the finale yeah. that everyone's all yeah. upset about. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't want to see Riker. I'd rather see boring guy and boring guy. Well, the the episode before, like the the, is a really good finale, and then they went and uh, and did this, jizzed it down their legs. I mean, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen it, but it seems to me you got your finale, and then you got an epilogue that sort of ties it to all of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. That, if you look at it as like the Star Trek finale versus the Enterprise finale, it's yeah. slightly mm. better, but it's still not a great episode. <laughs> It's like that JLU episode where it's like, okay, this plot is clearly done, and now our final episode is going to be about Batman Beyond, but it's actually sort of about everything. Yeah, except that last episode of uh, of uh, Justice League was fucking amazing. It was, 
and I'm not. I don't like. I, I haven't seen these, so I can't argue for the quality. That's the one just, with. Uh, that's the one with Ace, right? Uh, among other things, yeah. The Backhound. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Noah cool. from the the Royal Flush Gang. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Where they where they tie what it is is they tie all the Cadmus stuff from the the previous season of JLU in with Batman Beyond, which never got a proper finale. Right. And made it a finale basically for both shows, but then JLU got another season. But anyway, my <laughs> point is like finale for the arc of the season and then epilogue that sort of tied everything together. Right. Worked for that show. So, you know. Now what about Batman Jones? <laughs> Phoenix Jones's learned- brother? I just learned about Batman Jones this morning, so I couldn't tell you. I just learned about it from you. Somebody, I just learned about it right now. Somebody <laughs> tumblered a, uh, a an old Silver Age cover. I've never seen it before either. I I, I follow Benito Serino, the the comic comics writer slash I don't know what would you call Benito like expert. Yeah, uh, he's a yeah. yeah expert. I would call him just expert. The reigning expert, yeah, and not not in a not in a derisive way at all. I he's he knows yeah, so he just much knows about so everything. Much. Yeah, yeah, he's really cool. But he retweeted or he re uh, tumbled a just a Silver Age cover, and I'm looking for it now. It's, yeah, here we go. Batman, look, Batman Jones is answering the bat signal too. <laughs> he's riding a bat. He's riding a bi- a, bat a bicycle bike. with bats on it. Yeah. Oh my god! I just uh, the, the phrase Batman Jones makes me laugh. So yeah, yeah, that's hard. that is exactly why I yeah. <laughs> Featuring the career of Batman Jones, uh, it is it is Batman uh, ep, uh, issue number one hundred eight. Oh my god! From he June looks of just whatever like year Batman, but he's on a bike. Yeah. Oh, he's smiling. Well, I guess Batman smiled back then. It was the fifties. Yeah. That's uh, perfect. Anyway, this episode. <laughs> the career of Batman Jones. Well, now I got to get that issue. Oh my god. Uh, Matt, what was your... Voyager. Yeah. Matt, what was your uh, bad thing? Star Trek Jones. Oh. <laughs> no. That would be Cyrano Jones, and he's great. That's true. <laughs> no, apparently... Um, I'm still using this as a bad thing because I couldn't think of a better one, but uh, apparently Federation Trader Guy, not the same, uh, is talking to the wrong Kazon. No. Which it turns out, nope, they actually explain that in the plot. No, they make a point of saying, yeah. I thought I was going to talk to uh, Seska. Well, I'm your handler now. You're going to talk to me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't so... blame you for not paying attention during no, Federation it's... Trader Guy because it's really boring. Yeah, I was waiting I will... for them to get back to the Blana. Oh, I will say, stuff. while I'm not all that interested in that, I will give this show points for like trying to keep some serialization going so that it's not like... Because obviously this is going somewhere. Yeah. And I would much rather have a 30-second irrelevant scene from time to time that builds to it, then suddenly say, yeah, all this time I've been doing this and mm-hmm. I've been standing here the whole time. No, you haven't. You know, it's like that, I think it was when you were on Flonk talking about uh, Data's girlfriend in engineering who yeah, was over there. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's that kind of thing where it's like, if you show it happening, then it's not suddenly from out of nowhere. You know? Yeah. That's all. Yeah, there's a um, uh, Vulcan in engineering that that generally only shows up for for Vulcan episodes that they didn't want to use Tuvok for, um, uh, but every once in a while he shows up in, as the background uh, guy sometimes, and, and I like seeing they him. Seem then. Be, they seem to be doing a good job of that, where it's like the extras eventually become characters. Which, it makes sense too, even from my uh, from the story perspective of just like you like the Enterprise, you could you could shuffle in and out extras because you know they're going to star bases or whatever. Plus, yeah. but like people. this has to be the same guys every week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a much smaller pool of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which is why it was also nice that we saw Ensign Wildman today. <laughs> I was I was worried because there was a little scene about what she's going to name her baby, and uh, Kess was there talking about her father, and I thought, oh, great. Now, th- th- they're going to do that telegraphing thing where the whole episode's going to be about Kess's father. That's and what I thought, too, and it wasn't, no. So that was nice. It was just a nice little slice of life scene. There was a um a little bit that I like too with this, you know, uh the captain calls down, all right, you know, that's enough uh pre plot banter. Everyone get back to work. And yeah. uh Wildman <laughs> looks up at the ceiling while the captain is talking, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> Hello, Lord <laughs> Kent, this is Jesus Kent. <laughs> Trust me, the real genius fans in the audience will, will understand that one. Um fully believe you. <laughs> just trust me Tidro is nodding her head right now yeah um no I I there was a cute little scene except there was some real human centric bullshit going on there where they're like I'm gonna name my kid Tom or something and they're like but my my husband wants to name it like you know little, 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 little. <laughs> like some kind of terrible oh, yes, alien name Vulcan name <laughs> and they're all like oh wow that's not good Tom is a much better name yeah like, it's so just like, if it's not an English-sounding human name, then it's terrible. Like, come on, man. Have really? you considered William? Her human adventure is about to begin now. You have that to was, like, get the right was, thing. That was a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Not for the baby, it wasn't. Wow, okay. Now, are, are we now going to get in an argument over where, when life begins? Because this could take a while. Oh God, this is not the kind of episode. This is not the kind of show I wanted to be. No, we, no, that's not that's the- next episode where we see where life begins. No, we see where life ends. Yeah, that's, that's much better. That's a debate I'm okay having. We're not gonna we're not gonna get picketed for that. <laughs> Remember, life and, begins uh, at abortion. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, now we're gonna get picketed. I thought life <laughs> begins at thirty. Uh, well. If you get an abortion at thirty, then then you've gotten a life. I I don't know. I don't know how this works. That's Why don't I talk about get, my bad? That's thing? how you get a one up, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, my bad thing was, uh, and Matt already mentioned this in his summary. What the fuck is the point of Paris showed up without combing his hair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I guess they're setting something up for later, but it wasn't like a cute little slice of life scene like the other thing. It was just like, what is the point of this? Yep. And it's not just. That I don't like Paris. It's seriously. Just it's that nowhere. I don't like Chicote. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, Paris, I still don't like him, but he's like, I like him a lot more now than I did like 10 episodes ago. Let's well, say. what's nice is that he stopped saying things and doing things. Yeah. You no, know, he's been in some stuff and I, they're focusing more on his job and less on his terrible personality, which helps. That, that is a plus. When it's stories about him being a pilot rather than stories about him picking up mm. on chicks, that's better. He's actually, but, I like the scene towards the end of this episode where uh, Kate's taken over the ship. Oh, the self-destruct thing? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he they wants have to do to, the like, noble, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little moment. No, and the thing is, whenever we see him being a pilot, like, I actually buy that he's a good pilot, and that goes with the cockiness. Mm-hmm. But also, I buy that he's, like, I don't know, like, kind of noble in a weird way and really loyal to Janeway. Like, that That I buy. Yeah. And so yeah. that worked for me. You'll be my new, you'll be my new father figure. Yeah. <laughs> Did I mention my father hates me? Because I don't think I've said that recently. But hey, you no. mentioned that several times. It's like Harry Kim, where they both yeah. sound like that now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, God. No, but it's like, I. it's not interesting. Like, objectively, there's no, it's it's clearly delivering some kind of plot, but there's mm. nothing. It, it's a lot like the, the traitor guy, I suppose, only 
even less relevant because I don't see where they're going with it. Yeah, it no, came across it, to me as just a, like an attempt to randomly reinvent him as like, all right, so our, our douchebag frat boy thing didn't work, so let, let's make him a bad boy who doesn't care about rules. And reinvent him as a slob. Except we yeah. all agreed on this. All he did was ruffle his hair a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was no like there's no make, shirt to be untucked. There's no, you know Principal Chicote makes a point of like pointing out that like his your uniform's out of order, blah blah, blah. No, it's a whole just, he looks exactly like everybody else does. Yeah. He just his hair's his just hair. kind of ruffled. Yeah. And so he even shaved that morning. Hair? He's his his sideburns were still, you know, Starfleet regulation points. Like Yep. I want to be able to put my eye out on those sideburns, Paris. <laughs> yeah, I I just it and it also really felt more like Chakotay was hassling him than there was actually something wrong with Paris. <laughs> You're a slacker, Paris. Especially yeah. since he does it in front of everyone too. Yeah. It's just like you think you were better than everyone else here, Mr. Paris? They all managed to get here on time. Even Harry. Harry's the best boy today. I'm sorry, Mr. Chicote. <laughs> Harry's sitting there with a little gold star above his communicator. Yep. <laughs> We're on a mortar board. <laughs> I'm the best. We're going to put his... Uh, he just did a report on this anomaly. We're going to put it on the fridge. Harry, I don't want you hanging out with that Paris kid anymore. He's a bad influence. But he's my friend, Dad. <laughs> Certificate of Achievement for Harold Kim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say Harold. The, the nerds on Memory Alpha will swoop in and change it back. Oh, yeah, I did that. I, I went and changed it all, and yeah, like 30 seconds later, it got changed back. Nope. <laughs> There's no canonical evidence to support this. I kind of like the idea of us starting up a beef with the uh, the nerds over at Memory Alpha. The thing I, is... ch- I changed uh, 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 everything over to Mr. Hengus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I that, that, that lasted for like a week before uh, they changed sure. it back to Hengus, but all the, all the misters are still there, so... <laughs> I think I think uh, Brian's garbage is still in there. Yep, nice. Which is good. The the thing is, I don't want to beef with them because we lean on that as a reference quite yeah. a lot. Oh, if we they do. Were, if they were humorless, awful people like the Homestar uh, wiki, I would have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. But they're generally pretty okay over there. So there's actually a lot of um, uh, review stuff in the in like the the miscellaneous section. We should try yeah, to uh, that for Voyager. Yeah. Put your uh, put your stuff in there. I thought yeah. about that, and I, like I really don't understand how like the unofficial episode guide, whatever, gets the, give this this many out of this many stars. Like, how, how do they get in here? Yeah, what makes yeah, them maybe, better than us? Yeah, well, Damn we it. don't rate we don't rate things in a, in an easy to you know relate. Like we could say Matt liked this and Al didn't, but mm-hmm. beyond that, there's no like we don't get yeah. letter grades or numbers. Yeah, we or do kind of like go that. by the thumbs up, thumbs down. I suppose that's true. That's about the best you get out of us. Yeah. Uh, did you like it or not? Well, well, yeah, sometimes I'm fine. Sometimes both of us can admit this was a shitty episode, but I still thought it was fun. Yep. How do you how do you convey that? Well, it was terrible, but I liked it. Well, then you have that weird sort of hand wavy thing, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let the record anyway. show I did the gesture, even though no one can see it. Of course you did, including me, because I didn't look at my own hand. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're not high right now. That's no. usually prime looking at your hand time. I mean, really, I haven't looked at my hand in years now. Or or when you're in virtual reality. That is also true. Ah, true. God, or when you're high in virtual reality. Oh, God. Yeah. You just spend all your time looking at your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other uh, things? Uh, things. Before we um, press on to the next episode? No. I like the design on the missile. It reminded me of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. 
apparently the producers thought it was boring. So well, there you go. They were did, wrong. Um, yeah, and then the missile didn't believe that they were in the Delta, Delta Quadrant, which yeah. was weird. <laughs> I like the reasoning that because, like, look, the odds of us being in the Delta Quadrant are insanely low. It's like yeah, it, well, it kept saying probability. Like we we found uh, I found a uh, a warehouse full of uniforms that I need to blow up. Clearly, the only place it could be because I'm not in the Delta Quadrant is this planet. Also, okay, so the the Maquis like basically it's fine for them to uh, destroy anyone who gets in the way of their objective. Like they specifically at one point in the episode say like uh, this thing will attack anyone that that tries to prevent it from getting to its goal. So like. Back in the Alpha Quadrant, they were fine with just killing random ships that were in its way. Seems like it. That does not seem like a very sympathetic people. Maybe if we ever saw well, that, we would have think. Would've, it's because the Maquis are pretty terrible. Threat. Yeah. I uh, okay. Uh, anyway, Matt, you got a quote. Uh, I do have a quote. Doctor, I forgot about you. How flattering. What a delightful quote. It wouldn't adjust. Uh huh. All right. Pressing onward to uh, a Q episode that does not have the letter Q in the title. I was calling it Qbert in my notes. Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. Why don't you tell us what happens in Death Wish, Death Wish Q, the queuing of... Oh, fuck, I forgot <laughs> his name. The queuing of Lot Q. No, no, I was trying to think of, and I still can't think of his name, Charles Bronson. Damn it. Oh, well. Tell us about Death Wish, Flonk. All right, so the Voyager comes across some kind of weird comet or something, so Janeway's got to poke it with a stick, uh, but she pokes it a little too hard, and a dude falls out. Not just any dude. It's Q! No, not that Q, though there is some initial confusion. Q's been shoved into a comet for about 300 years because he's a bit of a troublemaker in the old continuum, but between his godlike perspective and his isolation, he's having a hard time communicating with the crew. If only we knew an all-powerful being who had lots of experience with humans. Yes, Q shows up. That Q. Q's here to send Q back to prison, so Q requests asylum from Q. He wants to be stripped of his abilities and his immortality. Uh, this puts Janeway in a sticky wicket, though, because the reason Q is put in prison is because he wants to die. What follows is some good old-fashioned Star Trek debate about the sanctity of life, the wrong-reaching effects a person can have, the rights of an individual to end their suffering, and with just enough Q wackiness to keep things moving. Q, sensing he's going to lose, offers Janeway a bribe, make the correct decision, and the continuum will bring them home. But she stays strong and rules in Q's favor. But she stretches what a precious gift life is and how it shouldn't be squandered. She even prepares to integrate him into the, into the crew, but Q kills himself anyway. The Voyager warps off into the sunset. Status quo maintained. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Although Q, uh, RQ, Delancey Q, does go RQ through a bit D2? Of, yes, RQ <laughs> D2. Uh, does go through a bit of an arc here, and, like, some stuff changes for him. Yeah. yeah. It was actually so, great. I so love not that entirely so a, much. Yeah, me too. It's not entirely a return to the status quo in that regard. Like, you're right in every other aspect, but, but he actually, like, you know, has an arc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Which actually we... why he he did it. Um, because yeah. they they wanted to bring Q onto the show for a while because you know he can be anywhere he wants. So why wouldn't yeah. he be in the Delta Quadrant? Mm -hmm. But they needed to come up with a good reason for him to be there. Yeah, and, he uh, like... they found a good one. <laughs> I like I like the quote. Like, so what? He just goes to people with a show. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's not good enough. I like that. Although, like, I also like um. Delancey re, re, uh, retells the story of like he was talking to the producers before they finally got this episode together and they're like 
yeah, well, the problem we're running into now is you would, like, why wouldn't you send them back home? He's like, mm. here's how that conversation would go. Can you send me back home? Yes. Will you send me back home? No. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I'm a dick, remember? That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's something that bugged me about Q being on the show, like, from the first time I heard about it. That's pretty good. Yeah. No, That's that was Delancey's take on it. Was like, yeah, of course I could, but why would I? <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. He was actually, like, campaigning to get on because he and Mulgrew are real-life friends. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's like, here's a good, like, I'm obviously an established Star Trek guy. I'd love Mm -hmm. to play with my friend Kate for a little while. Can't we work something out? Or Yeah, apparently they never worked, they're really good friends and they never worked together. And so (gasps) they enjoyed this, yeah. Yeah. Which is cool, and apparently that well that that one scene in particular where he's like in her bed, like in her bed, just like he was in Picard's bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they rehearsed that like way more than you like. They, they wanted to make sure to get it exactly right. Like they didn't want it to be just a cheap laugh. It had to have some like. Well, yeah, and some, also it could be to it. gross and creepy if they did it wrong. He was just a little bit gross and creepy, which is actually your bad thing. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, Q's got a weird sexist thing going on in this episode that makes me really angry. Like. Gender's not his kind of thing. It just, it shouldn't be like, it shouldn't be that, like, a thing that he even thinks about. I, my, my read on this, and Flunky, tell me if you agree with this or not, is that he's just trying to find a weak spot in Janeway and just like, ooh, woman, <laughs> just, woman captain. I'll, she's got some, maybe some insecurities about this or something. That's my pressure point. That's where I, I'm really, that's where gonna, I roll in. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But at the same time, like, it's, barely an issue now that i don't think it would be an issue in the 24th century yeah right you know no i honestly i feel like they were they were doing some meta stuff they were doing some like let's make fun of the people who whine about woman captain and uh, q is a good guy to do it because he's sort of an outsider that's uh yeah actually that's my quote so just do that now mm. Very well oh well i guess that's what we get for having a woman in the captain's seat and um the thing is, he was super sexist, and I get your I get your problem with it, Matt. It's mm-hmm. it's all up to like I, it didn't bother me only because I interpreted it as I'm just fucking with you. Like I don't see it as something like Q wouldn't do to fuck with someone. I just don't. It doesn't seem like to be in his nature to just be like, oh, women, right? Yeah, like, it's like I know we're talking he's about a the... character who doesn't have a gender. But yeah, he's that... he's the antagonist villain for lack of a better term. But like, there's something about it. Like, it just didn't sit right with me. I I disagree. I think he was just finding the pressure point. He didn't know her that well. He's like, okay, what is really going to get under her skin? And ooh, this will do it. <laughs> and no, then he also kept hate. on hitting on her, which was weird. Well, I mean, I hated that for an entirely different reason. <laughs> well, you were just jealous on behalf of Picard. Exactly. Well, not yeah. jealous. Picard wouldn't give a shit. But you know, I know where I know where Q's loyalties lie. See, I don't. Again, he's not hitting on her. I think that was part of that same thing. I think he was just trying to fuck with her, like. Like trying to establish a different rapport and trying to keep her off balance and trying to just make her feel uncomfortable and that that's my like in story explanation. The real reason is because it was funny and mm. you can't deny what my original point was. Okay, maybe it's out of character, whatever. Maybe it's wrong, whatever. But there were some pretty funny lines in there. Oh yeah, no, I won't. I will not disagree with that. There's the bit where the second cue makes all the men disappear for a minute, mm. and then Delancey shows up and he's like, "Wait a minute." You're all women. Is this some kind of Starfleet ship of the Valkyries? There's just some cute little lines like that that I liked. All right, I'll allow it. <laughs> That's all. It's it basically I I made I made allowances for comedy and comedy pretty much can yeah. make no I, I I get True. it. Just it doesn't stand. It doesn't sort of jibe with my view of Q from the past the past uh, appearances. 
Well, and let's be clear, Q has always been left deliberately vague, which actually kind of ties into your bad thing, Flunk, because now we're starting to specifically flesh some stuff out, and it's... You know. Yeah, and they... Ugh, it's so dumb. They went to the continuum. Stop being Voyager. Go back to being Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> well, the continuum, let's be clear, is an old truck people like to fix up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an old country road where everyone hangs out at the store. It's filled with that old manure that uh, Jamie likes to smell so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get it. Like, they, they made a whole point of saying... Your your human minds can't comprehend this, so we got to give it to you in a symbol you understand. But like, I don't know. It, it's but it, it's just because everything close to banjo man. Everything, yeah, exactly. It it just came across as uh, blow your mind. It's Voyager. It's wacky. Like uh, no, it's not. This is the same bullshit you do every week. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. Although Braga didn't really have anything to do with this, so I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently they were trying to crack, like we were saying before, they were trying to crack the how to get Q on the show thing for quite some time. Mm. And Michael Pillar's son heard him talking about it and like, hey, I got an idea. And Pillar was like, well, I don't want to be perceived as being, you know, nepotism, but that, that is actually a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's that's kind of how he got involved with that, which I well, thought whole, was cool. The whole concept of a Q that just wants to die is actually really yeah. cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's so just like I've done everything else. And, and it's not an original like thing exactly because I'm sure there have been like fantasy and sci-fi stories about immortals that want to die. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But filtered through Star Trek and filtered through the Q. Yeah, especially is, filtered through the Q continuum. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new thing and it's a different mm -hmm. thing. And and I love like like I said, uh, Delancey has an arc and basically it's you used to be the troublemaker. They smacked you on the nose once and you fell in line. You're kind mm -hmm. of a sellout. Would that have been uh, when they turned him human and then let him yeah. back in? Yes. I no, I don't think so because nope. um, I think that's what they're referencing. But um, the timeline doesn't work out that way because they also mean? make a point of saying that um, that other Q couldn't have affected anything because he's been stuck in a comet for three hundred years. Mm. So he wouldn't know about. Oh, that's um, true. Delancey yeah, yeah. getting his uh, his abilities taken away. Hmm. I, I didn't like I wasn't trying to line that up so much as trying to think of it from his perspective of well that's then I started to like noodle through well maybe because the Q know everything like that could have all been yeah, happening at the same time yeah. who knows yeah, yeah. But I was thinking, how does this work in baseball terms <laughs> I was I was thinking more from Q's perspective like from Delancey's Q's perspective that like that thing happened to him and this this current situation that is like that that is now happening this mm -hmm. this cue being released from the comet and reminding him of what's going on just kind of sparked in him oh yeah i was rebellious wasn't i what happened to me i had a good time too i just i like star trek does really good uh stuff about like modern star trek does really good stories about sellouts yeah <laughs> about people who compromise their principles and are ashamed of that and mm -hmm. they did it good well with kira i thought actually B the balana episode just previous to this could you could argue that that's kind of a similar oh definitely thing like it's always like where were where was i before where am i now am i happy like, with where i am now like ship balana literally call like calls regular balana out on being a sellout towards yeah. the end of the oh episode. you work for starfleet now do you uh-huh I, I just, uh, that's one of those things, like, we always talk about a lot of the stuff they don't do well, but this is something they do well. Yeah. 
which is the, like examining a character's like long-term arc where they used to be and where they are now and mm-hmm. if they're happy with it and like I I really like that with him cuz like he I don't think apart from that one episode where he lost his powers Q's never really changed. Not really, no. He's always been Q. That was the only time he ever learned anything. So it was nice it yeah. was refreshing to bring him back and actually change his character a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have him grow a little. Like, I I like that. Now just the whole thing of him being like I that guy's right. I did, I used to do things. People used to be like yeah, I, I used cool to shake people. the the continuum up and now I'm just like well, all they did, all I took was them like punishing else. me once and like that, that I just fell back in line. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, yep. Q, if you're like this again, we'll take away your powers. Ooh! <laughs> uh, my bad thing was okay. So this this new Q, uh, well, are we, I, this is getting confusing. <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> All right then. So Willikins affected. <laughs> This one Q affected a bunch of key events on Earth, which was part of his trial was bringing out all the people he's, like, affected. And one of them was Isaac Newton. One of them was some dumb hippie at Woodstock. And one of them was Riker. Yeah. You know, it's Star Trek. Two human things and an alien. Yeah. Or Will. Bill. Nails. (laughs) It was good seeing Bill again. It was great seeing Bill again. And it was great seeing he had just enough smarm without being creepy to Janeway. Yeah. Captain Janeway. Captain Janeway. Say. Yeah. But he shook her hand. He was respectful. But it's still a little gleam in his eye, like, "Oh, sexy lady captain." Huh? I'll I'll, uh, I'll put a pin in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you living now? Oh, that that I, that commute's gonna be rough for me. Yeah. <laughs> I can do long distance, but I don't know about this one. Yeah. Um. But I, I, this Q apparently uh, was involved with Riker's uh, ancestors, and he was involved with this dude who went to Woodstock and he was involved with Isaac Newton having an apple dropped on his head, which actually as Flunk pointed out and didn't actually yeah, happen. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But it's, it's just that Star Trek thing of every single person on earth who was important was either affected by aliens or was an alien. Yeah. And it's just like the show always talks about how great humans are, but can we do anything on our own? I don't think we can. Like it goes back to that original series episode where that, um, with that immortal guy who was like, That's, I was all was your great composers about, yeah. and shit. Yeah. I was like, I, did we do anything? Yeah. Between that and then all the, all the various alien like interfering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a little left that make humans great on their own. Like even fucking Zephram Cochran wouldn't have like done the warp thing without the next gen guys coming back and helping. Yeah. Him. Well, he would have if I know, the Borg didn't go back in the first place. I know, I know, I know. But still, there's a there's a Voyager episode coming up too where um, Ed Blakely Jr. plays evil Steve Jobs and he gets all his ideas from Alien Tech. So, <laughs> God damn it! Just, just. Uh... But seriously, we can't just have we can't have nice things. I guess is what it is. Nope. Sorry. Yeah. So now we got into our bad things of this great episode first. But, uh, <laughs> now we got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um. Actually, wait, real quick. I got one more bad thing. One which more is bad thing. Very at the at the very beginning of the episode where they're like one queue is chasing the other queue, and they're hiding in all these stupid places. They hide yeah. in the Big Bang and they hide on a Christmas tree. They were this close to just painting a line down the center of the universe. Like it was, it was <laughs> yeah, it was bad, just terrible. But it was also like the hallmark uh, Christmas ornaments were available at this point, and I just wonder if this was meant to be like a promotional tie-in. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure you could go and buy that Voyager hallmark Christmas ornament. Yeah, <laughs> there's like, Gene's yeah. True Vision. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, it is. Yeah. Money, dear boy. Oh, I don't know why he sounds like uh, Braga. 
<laughs> Star Trek hacks all sound the same. Yeah. No, I just, it, it, that has stuck in my head for you. Oh, the start, the Voyager Christmas tree episode. Great. <laughs> Next, we're going to hide on this Spock plate. Uh-huh. <laughs> That that is that it was painted with lead paint, so you can't use it as a plate. Exactly. <laughs> no, Neelix, don't serve any food on there. Oh no! Oh, oh no! My, my blood plate. poisoning. <laughs> uh, so some good things. Flunk. Um, I Tuak, I really liked in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. I like that Vulcans as a society condone euthanasia. Um, mm-hmm. When you remove all emotion from the issue, it makes sense logically that if a person is suffering, they should be able to end it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, personally, Tuvok is still against it. But even so, he's a pro and will represent Q's side of the argument to the best of his abilities. Mm-hmm. Tuvok is so fucking great in this episode. He is. Also, did we know that the Vulcans do ritual suicide? Like, I'm sure it came up in the uh, Sarek episode. Oh, no, oh he yeah, didn't, yeah, because yeah. he he just suffered until he finally dropped dead. He never tried to kill him. Oh, that's right. Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. Because he dies in unification, right? Yeah, yeah. And he dies yeah. ranting in his bed. And we'd seen when he, when we left him a year before, he was ranting in his bed. Like he suffered yeah. for a while. So, maybe I want to go out Amanda, the way I can. Whoever is his current uh, human wife was uh, wouldn't wouldn't do it. Mm. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, I, she could I be like a that. wussy human who just doesn't believe it. No, but I, 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 I think this is what he. Really I can't wanted. get these green blood stains out of the sheets if you kill him now. So, so Lady Macbeth, his wife. Yeah. <laughs> out damn green spot. Uh, out damn Spock. Yes, out damn Spock. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I. It fits with my vision of what Vulcan is, like my imagined picture of like mm-hmm. it fits with what we know of their culture i think yeah it just i don't know that it's ever been said before yeah but we I know that the klingons that. have it yeah, like, yeah they bring up klingons uh yeah. which yeah we, we've we seen have that. seen yeah but it's cool that the federation can have allies and even members that aren't don't all agree on some fundamental philosophical stuff they're not all, just all on the same page like earth humans are clearly against it by yep. way of janeway but the vulcans who are another cornerstone of the federation are for it so yeah i like that and also really like her sort of impassioned thing at the end where she's t- she's like, okay, you're human now. You oh, know, yeah. I don't, why don't you try that? Yeah. yeah that, and you that's, know? we so get back to our Star Trek roots on that. Well, that's like, that's part of why the ending bothered me so much is like, it, it would have been better. Uh, fine. They, they can't keep him on the show forever. But like, you know, give him a Scotty shuttle, drop him off on a planet somewhere. Like, like that's where it I just seemed like trying to wrap everything up right away uh, yeah. at the end. Yeah, I can that, see that. It did feel a little rushed. That being said, I've wanted to queue crew members since uh, the first time Q got turned human, and I wanted him to just stay on the ship. Well, they have a nice discussion about where we're going to put him. Stellar cartography, he knows everything. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a problem anywhere. <laughs> Which I, I was like, janitor. I yeah. love it. <laughs> really the Voyager's going to have the, the cleanest toilets in all the, in all the universe. <laughs> there are no toilets. We've established this. I guess that's true. I've actually thought a lot about why there's no toilets on the ship. <laughs> oh God, is there a good reason? Or uh, basically, like um, replicated food is like 99% efficient, oh. so there is no waste. That's a good answer. Except they're not sense. eating replicated food; they're eating Neelix food. Well, yeah, or a mix of both. I would argue that Neelix food make, makes you need to use the bathroom even more. I would assume so. It's not very good. Yeah, it's made of hair. <laughs> <laughs> Almost exclusively from what I've heard. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. My hair. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Can I just say the I the oh no my whatever joke is becoming one of my favorites on this show. <laughs> That's so I that was such a throwaway thing in that one thing I did. I'm so glad. Yep. Um, my good thing actually kind of ties into what what we're talking about with this them doing an actual serious issue. Like this is silly. Like we do get some cue silliness. Yeah. Some of it's bad, like we said. Some of it's funny. Yeah, there's the one where he's interviewing himself, which I loved. Oh, that yeah. okay, terrible effect though. Oh my god, it was yeah, atrocious. Yeah, it wasn't That's the great. worst two like two of the same person on screen things I've seen since like there were two Lucy's or something. Yeah. No, you had you had Delancey standing and then also Delancey sitting, and sitting Delancey was lit so differently that it was yeah. clear it was shot just somewhere else and like that was rough. But that said, it was funny just dramatically and, and it like the, the effect briefly took me out of it, but the performance and the writing put me right back in it. Mm-hmm. And Janeway did take, get uh, her air bud on for a little bit. Well, there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't interview yourself. I'll allow it. <laughs> and they, they played it for maximum comedy, but it also moved the scene along. Like, they did, they did a really good job of that. But the thing is, like, for all the funniness, like, it was still... It, we've said this before. Trek has this this reputation for talking about serious issues, but they're usually not very good at it. But <laughs> no. This is one of those times where it actually was like they didn't necessarily find the answer. It was just mm-hmm. this is a debate. People have very strong feelings about it. And here are some of the arguments. And who knows? Yeah. And I like that. I, I just I like that they were able to. Well, that, tackle that's another reason I wanted him to live at the end. It would have been a good compromise to, to both sides. Yeah, that's I, I thought that's where it was going for. It's like, look, you are going to die, but it won't be for another, say, 40, 50, 60 years. You know, let's see what you can learn now. I like that. But on the other hand, I always am a fan of the DS9 bleak ending of everything you did didn't matter. And he's dead anyway. Mm. (laughs) I mean, I mean, everything they did did matter because otherwise he wouldn't be dead. So, yeah, he'd be still trapped in the uh, She was trying so hard to say Superboy prison. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wait, what? The, uh, the 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 prison from the Crisis on Infinite Earths that that oh. Superman and Superboy live in. Oh, he's gonna oh. just punch the side of the walls of reality until Jason Todd comes back to life. Didn't he yeah. punch time? Isn't that what happened? Yeah, he punched until time. Spock comes back to life. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> that's fine. Um, but yeah, they they I thought they did a really good job of exploring all the issues, and I don't know, like the fact that Janeway thought she ended up doing the right thing, and then end, he ended up dying anyway. Mm-hmm. Like was kind of like hopeless in a way that I I like sometimes. So I don't know. I I get you guys' point, and I don't disagree with it. But I was not bothered by the way it it turned out. Nah. And it gave Q like RQ the D two. Yes. The um, uh, the excuse to help him and to realize, oh shit, I'm this is who I am. I'm I'm not I'm not a sellout. No. Yeah. So I like that. Like plot-wise, we needed him to do some kind of act of rebellion to get him there. Yep. So that's all. Uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Oh, uh, well, what's my good thing? Oh, I just I really liked New Q, like yeah. a lot. I thought the actor playing him was great. He had this really, um, like unique voice. I thought he had. Like, he was very soft-spoken person, mm-hmm. and I really thought, like, I thought that really worked with, um, you know, up against you know regular Q. Yeah. No, he yeah. and Delancey had some great chemistry. I, mm-hmm. I didn't like he had because every cue has to have a wacky hand gesture when they. Oh uh, yeah, I when they do that. stuff. It, it it put me in mind of Bewitched. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. Like oh, this around. is also a, a weird, just my own neuroses or whatever. But I don't like that they call them powers. Like, 
Yeah. Because they're not superpowers. Like, he can just do anything any Q yeah. can do. Like, yeah. I don't talk about my, my amazing power of sight. I mean, like, I just... do, but, you know. <laughs> oh, we, well, that's we because your eyes are amazing. Flonk, can we see how you see? <laughs> can we put a camera in your head, Flonk? <laughs> I want to see through your eyes. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah, sorry, that was just uh, something that bothers me, so I just had to get out there. That's fair. I mean, it's nitpicky, but it's fair. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, I have a note here. I wish they had not spoiled the cameo of uh, uh, Riker. Like, at the beginning, it's like starring John Delancey. He's Uh, like, well, that's too bad. Starring uh, Jonathan Frakes as Commander Riker. Oh, damn it. Yeah. That would have been a nice little surprise. They do that in every episode of Star Trek. I know. I still hate it. Yeah, I knew he was, because I remember he was in the commercials, so mm-hmm. I already knew what was coming. Wow. And the return of William Riker. This week mm-hmm. on Star Trek Voyager. Voyager. Commander Riker is a murderer again. <laughs> no, I'm not. I also you like... turned him into a flock of crows? <laughs> yes. I like um, uh, Frakes. I get, I, I, this is something I remember from a long time ago, and I might be getting it wrong. But I think Frakes had this whole thing about the Civil War. Like, I know he was trying to make first contact. One of the early drafts was supposed to be them going back to the Civil War instead of back mm-hmm. to Zephram Cochran. And I, I think he'd been trying to pitch Civil War-related stuff before. Like, I think that's just one of his things. Ah. And I like that they, like, the ancestor of Rikers had to do with the Civil War. I wonder if they threw that in just to, like, appease his, you know, look, here's your Civil War thing. All right, shut up. Mm. General Riker was in the Civil War. Fine. Okay. <laughs> General whatever. Thaddeus Riker the yep. third. Felonious Thaddeus Riker. Yeah. That works. And his evil twin, Thelonious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I know that was an actual picture, too, from the Civil War that they went in and uh, and stuck Freaks and uh, the other guy's face on. Yeah. That's great. So some, some like, you know, uh, descendant of the actual Civil War person is just horribly offended by that, but everyone <laughs> else loves it. It's fine. Oh, and, and there's a point where Q refers to Janeway as Kathy. <laughs> Which is pretty great. Like that, like she that. was eating a mouthful of chocolate at the yeah. time. Ack. So. <laughs> Mr. Tuvok, I can't seem to get this swimsuit to fit. <laughs> Ack. Oh, boy. Uh, anything else? No. Um, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. It's... Um... Uh, we talked about this a little bit, but how it's essentially a reverse prime directive where the, the lesser civilization is impacting the larger one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, that's it's similar. It's just, it's just a nice way to, to do a play on a regular uh, Star Trek staple. Yeah, and it's it's similar to the one we ran into a while back, but way different enough that it's not the same thing. And it also helps explain the, why can't I send you home? Well, because then I'd be interfering, wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I like. No, it actually kind of works. I do like that he tries to bribe her with that at one point. Yeah, that's great. Where yeah. suddenly the ship's just in front of Earth, and he's like, uh, "This looks pretty, pretty nice, huh? If you rule in my favor, we could just be here." She plays also, that scene really well too. Yeah, and I was There's... really glad that they she didn't have to go. Why it's no. Earth, which they always fucking do. <laughs> yeah, they do. Sector zero zero one, Earth. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> You don't say. <laughs> no, and honestly, I feel like she really brought it in in this whole episode. Mm-hmm. She had some particular yeah. standout moments. I yeah, think. she was really good in this one. At the very at the very start, like the teaser, and one thing the show has been doing consistently well, even in the terrible episodes, is they got some pretty good teasers. Oh like, yeah. A lot of times they'll deliver what seems like a promising idea that they then whiz down their leg. Mm-hmm. 
but the first you know two minutes where they try to to hook you they usually do pretty well and this was no exception where they bring the guy in and he's like i'm q and like yeah i love the the reaction is great too whoa whoa, shit it's q red alert that's what i'm saying that that was was, great yeah like like immediately mulgrew or or, uh, you know janeway is like uh you know red alert this guy is a fucking menace (laughs) and she's just like on her full guard and just like there's no way and then Um, real q shows up and she's just like "Uh uh-uh not taking any of your crap nope I do like too as as the series goes on and Q keeps showing up. It does. It takes the same uh, next generation path too, where it goes from like, oh shit, this guy's terrible to oh, not this guy again. Him. Yeah, and then he's like Mister Mitsyaplik, where it's like, oh, I guess it's that time again. Time to trick him into going back to the Q continuum. I guess. Uh, yep. Q, okay. say your name backwards quickly. You. I guess that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just but I do. Well like, done. There were, there were a few scenes that could have gone badly if she hadn't done it really well and she did some really good impassioned arguments and she did some good like resisting his weird flirty whatever and I, mm-hmm. I just I thought she really brought it to this one yeah and it's nice because the thing we said about Delancey the whole time was that he was up to Patrick Stewart's level and it's like okay well Mulgrew might not be Patrick Stewart but the fact is these, but these two can still like she doesn't feel outclassed by him like they no. they really like worked well I think Mm-hmm. which is important if they're going to bring him back. Whereas while uh, Avery Brooks is great, th- there was no need for him to ever come back to DS9. No, no. Just didn't, didn't work. Yeah. He fits in much, much better on this show well, in a way that, that he just true. didn't on uh, DS9. The, the yeah. thing there is that they need to keep the, they need to keep the relationship, the relationship antagonistic then. Yeah. Cause as soon as they start being friends, then you've got the, well, send us home thing. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to get into spoilers or anything, but there's stuff coming up that's um, that uh, has like a relationship between uh, Janeway and Q that should result in him giving her a free ride home. Yeah, I do. I don't actually remember what you're talking about, which is nice. Mm. But I do know, and I'll, I'm okay to spoil this. He doesn't send them home. No, no. But beyond that, I, I'm curious to see. And I know Susie Plaxon shows up again, which I'm happy about. Yep. In, in some connection to the queue, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> Can't blame oh, there. you. Oh, you yeah. and Susie Plaxton. Listen, I got it. I you know, got a thing for her. I don't know what. To I'm. We were at uh, we were at a uh, antique and uh, collectible store this weekend. You were up uh, for some recording stuff, and I found a Kalar action figure. I'm like, hey, a Kalar action figure, and you go, where? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like a prairie dog, just huh? what? okay anything else um this is the first uh time the board get name checked on uh voyager um and i actually like i i like their their use in this one when it's kind of like a uh you know a a threat that's always in the back of your mind but you don't Mm. you know have to deal with yeah uh you know as opposed to you know later on in the series they, I, it's, it's just mentioned in the context of, and if Riker had been born, uh, the Borg would have swarmed over the Federation. To which I would reply, "Oh yeah, well, if you hadn't taken us to the Borg, they yeah, wouldn't have noticed us." And that's true. But I do like that. Riker, they actually, they bring that up too. Uh, yeah, when uh, Janeway's yelling at Q, like, "Just leave us alone. You introduce yeah. us to the Borg. Stop." Yeah. No, but I like, I like that Riker is sort of remembered as like rightfully as the, the hero who saved, of uh, wolf three guy who saved earth and the whole federation from being swarmed by the borg yeah with you know with his crazy stuff that he did in uh, best of both worlds mm-hmm. 
that's that's good that he gets credit for that because a lot of times like that was just an episode who cares but they remember that cisco at the very least yeah well yeah (laughs) you're my best friend mr Riker. (laughs) mr Riker's neighborhood i hate your captain he's a dick He's like my dad. What? Oh, no. Mr. Riker is my father. Call me Will or Bill <laughs> or Nails. Just don't call me Thomas. No. It's that that's other guy. <laughs> all right. So that's all for this time. Flo, all right. You Yo. have a thing to plug. Yeah, I sure do. Um, so I review Lost. Um, you can find that over at whyamiwatching.blogspot.com. Um, uh, just finishing up season one and the uh next couple weeks and uh i got a little something fun planned for my my season breaks so we look forward to that and uh yeah there you go so so you're going with uh blogspot on a dead journal huh yeah (laughs) i don't know how how i I let that one slip by but have you considered dead journal yeah uh i believe this yes this is our last show of the year not that that makes any difference we'll be back next week with two more episodes but uh, happy new year i guess Merry Christmas, everyone. This is what I get for establishing we can't end the show until Matt says, see you, folks. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us, we're just doing this.